the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time. Now, last week, we reviewed the seventh step of recovery, where we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings, our sins. It's in this principle that we're assured that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we confess our sins and ask for forgiveness, we become adopted into his family of reborn men and women. It's in this principle that we learn that our sins, past, present, and future, they're washed away by the blood of our sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that enables us from committing the same old sins over and over again. Now, while on earth, Christ's ministry was to love people and encourage you and me to love one another. John the Apostle, and, beloved, since God so loved us, surely we ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is expressed in us. So what are we to learn from this scripture? Well, if we're truly born again as Christians, we're to reveal the qualities of Jesus in our lives. We are to become Christ-like. You see, God is revealed to the world through believers. The world should see Christ through you and me. We must be God's answer to man's need to see him. We're not to hoard God's love, but to be a channel of his love poured out through us to others. Now, if we're going to be part of God's master plan, if we're going to grow to be more like him, we must grow in our ability to love and forgive those that have offended us and seek forgiveness from those that we've offended. Jesus Christ, the God-man, he humbled himself by coming to earth in human form and became willing to sacrifice his life on a cross as a substitute for the penalty of our sins. And if we're to be a channel of God's love, we must also humble ourselves and be willing to try to restore our relationships with the people we've harmed while in our sinful, abusive, and immoral lifestyle, which journeys us to the next step of recovery. That's the eighth step. We made a list of all the people we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. At the beginning of our journey of recovery, we learned that there are three life-changing principles that must be applied to our lives in order for this restoration, this transformation, and this healing to take place. And that's being honest, open-minded, and willing. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's no denying that while in our active addiction, we've hurt far too many people, whether it be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, or financially. We've caused pain, frustration, mental anguish, property damage, fear, resentments, and distrust. We've lied, stolen, cheated, and so much more. 
Now, that's not what I call being Christ-like. I call that being demon-possessed. Listen, alcohol, drugs, and other addictive behaviors affects our moods, our emotions, and our judgment. We become self-absorbed, prideful, insensitive, hypocritical, evil, and downright insane. And in this state of mind, there's no escaping, destroying, or severely straining all of our important relationships. And to be freed of Satan's bondage, to continue our spiritual healing, we must be open-minded and willing to make amends to the people that we took hostage through our manipulation. Look, this is going to take a lot of work. And it all starts by making a list of the people we've harmed. Now, while in prison, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the people in the book of Colossians. And in this writing, he taught how you and I can become more Christ-like. He called them to be truthful, live in peace with their fellow man, and seek to do God's will through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wrote, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Folks, Paul urges you to rectify your relationships with other people. You see, we need to forgive those that have hurt us, and we need to make amends and seek forgiveness from those we've hurt. It's in this spiritual principle our actions are to be governed by Christ-like love that was selfless and sacrificial. Now, I said all that to say this. There's a major setback, a pitfall, a lie from Satan that jeopardizes our recovery and healing. And we've talked about this so many times. It's called denial. We deny the fact that we've caused harm to our family, friends, and even strangers. We refuse to correct the wrongs we've done to others. Why is that? Why do we believe Satan's lies? Recovery literature tells us why. In our obsessive, compulsive, zombie-like, addictive existence, we isolate from people except when we're getting, using, and finding ways and means to get more. We become hostile, resentful, self-centered, self-seeking, and we're insensitive to the needs of others. We actually cut ourselves off from the outside world, and we lose our communion with God. And we have to get high, drunk, gamble, overeat, or whatever, regardless of the cost or the damage we've done to others. And then eventually... Failure, fear, guilt, shame, and pain invade our lives, and we lose the ability to deal with life on life's terms. We lose all sense of reality, and we just have to use to survive. We become takers. We take, take, and take, and like a hurricane, we sweep away people's hopes and dreams, or like an earthquake, creating an emotional, bottomless pit 
we pull people down into our abyss of demise. Now, you may be thinking I'm being too harsh, that I'm exaggerating in my description of a person in full-blown-out addiction. So let's discover the type of person Paul warns Timothy to flee from. And this is in 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 5. People will love only themselves. They'll be boastful, prideful, scoffing at God, disobedient, and ungrateful to their parents. They'll be unloving, unforgiving, and slander others. Having no self-control, they'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless, prideful. They'll love pleasure rather than God. They'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. So you see, folks, sadly to say, while under the influence of our addiction, many of us fit this description. Paul was describing the old Terriana as if he knew him personally. Now, let me forewarn you, if these sins aren't dealt with, if we don't attempt to clean away this mess we made in the lives of others, we're going to have to deal with negative consequences in God's judgment. Without a continual relationship with God and the willingness to rectify our wrongs, our hopes of sustaining recovery is slim at best. So what must we do to reverse the consequences of our past? What must be done to sustain our journey of restoration? How can we reinforce that righteousness, not sin, is the dominant principle in our life? We must follow Paul's instructions to Timothy as he continues in verses 14 through 17. You must remain faithful to the things you've been taught, the Holy Scriptures giving you the wisdom to receive the salvation by trusting Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and teaches what is true and what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Folks, Paul's instructing Timothy to study and live according to the inspirational word of God. He's instructing you and me to study and apply his life-changing principles. God's resources left for us. The Bible teaches us how to be Christ-like and shows us how to relate properly and unselfishly to God and other people. And tucked away between Genesis and Revelation are 12 golden nuggets, 12 steps to recovery that lead us out of the darkness of addiction into the light of the world and his healing power, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit teachings that transform you and me from being a taker into a person filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And lastly, Paul teaches that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, these lofty goals, they don't just happen overnight. This passage doesn't mean our thoughts and habits just vanish. 
but it means that God's point of view were forgiven and were new creatures in his sight. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the power necessary for complete transformation. We become a new person in all areas of life. And one area of our life is the guilt and shame we carry from the harm that we've done to others. God doesn't take pleasure in his judgment against us. So he gives us a tool to use in this eighth step. It's a pen, as the Holy Spirit reminds us of the people that should be on this list and empowers us with the willingness to make amends to them all. That's what a new person in Christ would do. That's being Christ-like. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue this introduction of the eighth step, and I want you to reference Luke 16, 19 through 31. 